Welcome to another edition of the Stephanie Gately Show podcast, Fordham Women's Basketball, coming off a tremendous win on the road at VCU. And now we're on site at uh, Dayton, University of Dayton, coming up next on a 20-game regular season uh, winning streak in conference. So, Coach, how you doing, and uh, how much do you enjoy beautiful Dayton, Ohio? <laughs> well, I, I know you're being facetious there, Mike. Um, doing well. I mean, it was an eventful day yesterday. Obviously, we came off a huge win, and then I came back, and my son, D.C., was, you know, taken to the hospital for emergency surgery yesterday for his appendix, and then I had to miss Coop's game, where apparently he dominated, had like 38 points, and they won their game in overtime. And then I hear from Dutch that Popovich got thrown out of the Spurs game, and I think Popovich sat with Dutch during the rest of the game. So I'm curious to find out how intimidating that might be. So I had a pretty eventful day. So it's been an eventful weekend. I'll admit, broadcasters very scared of uh, Popovich, and, and more importantly, I'm from Ohio, so there was no facetious in that in that at all. <laughs> Coach, let's go back to that VCU game, and we talked a little bit about it before we started here. Where can this possibly rank in terms of, of getting a 15-3 run in the game's final minutes to beat a team that came in 15-2? and two? You know, it, it ranks right up there. My son Dutch was, you know, texting me afterwards. He goes, Mom, what happened? And I was just like, honey, it ranks right up there with some of the, the, the big wins that you just are, are unexpected because the kids played hard. It's just that, you know, all the credit goes to VCU. They play a very different style of defense. They're one of the few teams that plays predominantly zone in the conference. And... Um, so you have to prepare a couple of days for it, and you have to hope that your shooters are on. You know, Hannah started hot and then went cold. And um, same thing in the second half. We just couldn't really seem to connect on a three till late in the game. And the biggest thing is I always tell the kids, hang around, hang around, hang around. You know, if you can stay within six at the four-minute media timeout, you can steal a game on the road. So the most important thing was to keep it within a margin that we could steal it. And coach, uh, I actually, you were talking about, you know, you're waiting for Hannah's big game and then a, a few people on the bus were saying that, you know, Hannah was going to have a big game and I, there was a very, it was a very psychic nature to last game. So I, I think just in general though, for your coaching purposes, because you start fouling a minute, I think a minute and a half left. I mean, what was the message to the team there? Obviously it's, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to foul, we're going to get the ball. But I mean, did you realistically think they were going to miss those free throws and, and take the, you know, bad shots and you, you would force them into those bad shots you did? I mean, what was the, the key there game planning? Well, I mean, the key was to limit possessions. I mean, it was, you know, it was funny because Caitlin, one of my assistants, sent out a text, well, a, a, a tweeted something on my behalf, and it, it kind of, my, my husband was calling me Nostradamus afterwards because it like a predictive future. It said, play to the final buzzer. And we were planning to foul. And then all of a sudden, when we cut it to two with a minute 14 to go when Hannah banked it in, I called the timeout to tell him, don't foul. You know, because you go from that down nine with that strategy of trying to maybe get them to miss one and come back and get two or three. And then when we cut it to two, we had, I mean, it was like the perfect storm. Everything had to go right at the end. We made three threes in that last two minutes. We made all our foul shots with the exception, I think, of, you know, Abigail missing a one-on-one. So, I mean, we did all the right things. And, you know, I mean, it, it, we kind of just caught kind of, I think we caught VCU off guard. Plus, when you have two very, very senior-laden guards, it makes a real big difference with experience. Well, let's talk about some of the guards that made a big impact in this game. Robin Parks, obviously a player of the year candidate. Aaron Rooney is a player of the year candidate within the Atlantic 10. And, you know, Kenny was at the shoot-around, I guess, you know, asking about triple-doubles. He, he had some kind of inkling, but she obviously uh, ha had a very good game, despite maybe not shooting the ball as well as she could have hoped, and Robin Parks scored like she always does. How good was that matchup for you to watch from, from the sideline and see those two going at it? 
Well, I mean, I obviously remembered Robin Parks from last year because she's such a skilled player, and she was a leading scorer in the conference last year. And I think now her supporting cast is so so strong, and I think, you know, their head coach, Marlene, has done a terrific job with them. And so, you know, we had our hands full with her because now, you know, if you kind of double on her, they have all these shooters that can beat you, so it, it really makes it difficult to match up with them. And then you look at Aaron, who, as you're going through the game, it, it wasn't pretty. I mean, you looked at the end of the game, I remember somebody saying to me, God, Aaron struggled, and you look triple-double, yeah. you know. <laughs> So how do you define struggle? You know, three for 12 from the field, but she did a great job of getting everybody else involved. And you look at that game, and obviously it's a game of runs, and, you know, you guys weren't – they weren't the shots just weren't falling really out from outside at the beginning of the second half. But, I mean, when they weren't falling, you were going to Emily inside. She, I think, had all of the points, the 13 straight points or something like that the, at the beginning of the half. I mean, is, is that the backup plan for you guys when, you know, Hannah and, and Aaron and Abigail can't get it to fall from the outside? Or is there something else that you've really been trying to develop with the team, like, you know, some screen and roll offense or, or something like that? Well, I mean, I mean that, again, what makes teams so hard to defend is balance, and VCU has a ton of balance. Obviously, the upcoming game with Dayton, they have a ton of balance. But um, you can't predict against them. It's so hard. You can't, you know, it, it, you got to, you know, pick your spots. you got to have penetrating guards that can get somebody else open, which I thought Aaron did a good job. And you got to attack the high post. And that's Sam's numbers don't jump off the page just because she was the facilitator. I think she would open things up because at the high post, she got Emily a lot of good looks. So against zone, it's really hard to dictate who gets open shots because it's all based on how the defense rotates. Well, and Coach, when you look at the play-by-play the -play at the end of that game, you've got Hannah Misery making a couple of key free throws. She's been money at the line all year, makes a couple of threes. And for a freshman to step into a – really imposing uh, arena and a very good team that you're playing against and come up big in that moment. What's that say about her and, and maybe how far she's come since the start of the year where she was trying to build that confidence to make plays like that? Well, Hannah and I had talked the day before and the day of, and I, and I kind of reminded her of a kid I had coached at Richmond that we went to play Virginia, I mean Georgia Tech, and my shooter was 5 for 31. And But to be honest, almost every single one of them was a great shot. I said, Hannah, I don't care if you make 10, miss 10. You, you must move on to the next shot. If you're open, take that shot. You know I mean because that's that's you have to attack a shooter that way. It's kind of like with the men with John Severe. You got to live. You got to live with the good ones. You got to live with the bad ones because freshmen will learn what are good ones, what are bad ones, and you you want them to feel like that you have confidence whether it's going in or not going in. I think you know Hannah just you know the thing I love about her is is that she's got you know ice in her veins. I mean that she was moving on. She'd gone three straight, missed ten, and then hit some big ones, and we all just kind of laughed when she banked it in. And I think that kind of loosened her up for making that the final, the final, you know, nail in the coffin. And, and Coach, we know you're a psychic now because of last game. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and, you know, you've had Daniel Burns two games ago step up. Hannah steps up in a big way late. I mean, is there someone else, do you think, on the bench that you, you see potential to, to play a big role on this team going forward that we might not see a lot of right now? Well, I mean, I thought Danielle Petavano gave us great minutes the other day. She only had nine minutes, but she gave us some. I mean, she gave us six points, and I thought she she really played well. And I think she's somebody that's kind of been in the background, and you know, has been up and down, you know, in practice. And I mean, she's got such a great attitude and great work ethic. But I think she came through. I think Mary Ruchuko is is someone that could give us good minutes. I mean, we rely a lot on Sam, but there's Mary has been somebody that's really been a significant addition to our program. So, you know, the nice thing about it is you have a lot of different answers. Yeah, it's a lot different than last yeah, year. Yeah, a lot different. Now, let's go a step further with Mary Wachuku because it seems like her, her minutes are a bit sporadic. It's really tough to tell what role she's going to play game in, game out. Do you think that affects someone who started as much as, as she has over the course of her career? How well has she adapted to that? 
You know, and I think Mary is just a great kid that really appreciates what she, the opportunity she has with the fifth year. I mean, she was looking for a spot where she could get her master's and be with people that, you know, she enjoyed the experience with. So I think with Mary, it's been a win-win for both parties. Mary's already established getting a job at Ernst & Young, you know, so she's got, you know, she's been able to use this opportunity for this year to build her future. She's been a pleasure to coach. She brings it every single day. She makes Sam better. And if Sam's not motivated, it, you know, Mary's going to pick up those minutes. Now, Coach, let's, let's move it on to Dayton, if you don't mind. And are you kind of happy that your team went through this, you know, a, a tough stretch where there was UMass and you won, but you, you, know, you weren't very pleased with the defense, and then you lose a game, you break your winning streak, and now you're battle-tested, you, you emerge victorious at VCU. Are you kind of happy that this stretch happened when it did because now you're facing Dayton and you know you've been able to, to come out and pull a win out of VCU, and it, it, this is a very tough team? Absolutely. I mean, I think the Duquesne game prepared us for that VCU game because I think – we had gone such a long stretch with winning games by 14 and above, and so we hadn't really been tested. And so now, all of a sudden, we go against the Duquesne, and they put us on our heels. Their best player goes unconscious, goes 11 for 12. We don't shoot well. And now, all of a sudden, we're looking at being down 19, and I call a timeout at the eight-minute mark because the first time I see doubt in the eyes. And I said, guys, you know, you can't be up when you're up and down when we're down. you got to stay consistent. you got to move on to the next play. you, you just got to not look at the clock and play the entire time. We fought hard, and we cut that to a three-point game, and you know we cut that to a one-possession game. Unfortunately, the clock ran out on us, but um, that game prepared us for VCU because now all of a sudden, now when we're down, we know how to react. And winning at VCU now prepared us to understand that we can win on the road in a very tough environment. And, I mean, as evidenced by Dayton has won, you know, I think the third largest winning streak you know, in, in the nation as far as the home court. And they've won 21 straight regular season conference games. They're the one with the monkey on their back. They're the one with the target. You know, you know, we are now the, you know, the hunters again tomorrow, which I think our kids like that role. Mike Watts with Kenny Ducey and Fordham basketball head coach Stephanie Gately. And when you look at this Dayton team, statistically 88 points a game. I mean, for you guys, that, that, that looks gaudy no matter how you, how you dice it. And, to have five scores in double digits on a game-to-game -game basis, it's, it's incredibly impressive what their offense does. What do they do so well that maybe you haven't seen earlier this year that you need to specifically coach your team to be ready for? They do so many things so well. I mean, they're out-rebounding their opponents by 10. There's really not a statistic on the page that you say, hey, let's kind of try to take advantage of it there. They have a lot of depth. You know, they can hurt you inside and out. So... I mean, you don't – I told the kids today, it's not like you have to play a perfect non-turnover-free game, but you have to play close to it to beat them on their court. Um, and so for us, taking away the transition game will be huge. I mean, they just, you know, against GW the other night, they, they probably scored half their points in transition because they get out so quickly, it forces matchup problems. And they capitalize. Anytime you have a breakdown, they capitalize, and they do it quickly. And so we got to be able to adjust and adjust quickly. And VCU was really a great opportunity for you guys to work on your transition defense and, and improve that. And what do you see right now? Because obviously you're a very defensive coach and you guys gave up above your season average, but it's going to happen against you know an offense like VCU. I mean, what did you see in that last game that gives you confidence you guys can slow down a, a high-powered offense like this one that gets up so many shots? And I don't know if we're going to be able to slow them down, so to speak, because you, like you said. We'll get with, their shots to with, stop with, falling. Yeah, with right. VCU, well, that's a good point. It, it's making them take the shots we want them to take. It's dictating who gets the shots. It's dictating what shots they get. And that's, that's kind of been, always been our defensive strategy is that teams are going to get a shot, but what shot are they going to get? You know, that's why I was annoyed the opening game 
against uh, opening five minutes against Richmond because the kids that we said were the shooters got the shots. Now, if the non-shooters were getting threes. I can live with it because we're forcing them to do something they're not good at. If Tamara Hoover starts with three open threes, we're in trouble because we need to, you know, contain her and have and and, and have a hand in her face, and we need them to make them do things we want them to do. Make their five players step out and hit threes. Make because they can all shoot but that's where the percentages go down. So force the shots that we want them to force. Of course, Hoover's shooting over 43% from downtown, so certainly a concern. And when you look back to maybe last year's matchup with Dayton, that was a game at the Rose Hill Gym where you guys were very competitive against the Flyers. You were in it down the stretch and weren't able to pull it out. You didn't get a shot at them in the A-10 tournament a year ago. They had been bounced before the A-10 title game. But for you to look back now, what's the message to your team going against a team you haven't beaten in your last eight tries? You know what? First of all, you got to believe you can win. you got to play to win. you got to step on the court. Because if you go on the court with doubt, you're, you're done. You're dead in the water before you even start. So it, it starts with playing to win the game and not, not playing not to lose. And so that's the first message. You know? And the other one is you know, play through mistakes. You know, they're, they're going to go on runs. It's a team of runs. They give up. I mean, even though they are top in the conference in scoring, they're second to last in the points they give up. So they trade off. You know, so it's important for us. If we're, they don't use the shot clock too much. We will a little bit. So it's not like we're going to slow it down because I think against VCU, the reason the score was so high is because I felt that we could capitalize and transition against them. So we didn't want them to set up in the half-court defense. You know, if you set up in the half-court defense, I think you're playing to their strength. So we'll try to not necessarily match them in transition, but we certainly want to look to get some, you know, some scores in transition and, and hopefully just, you know, shut down their, their go-tos. But every time you look at the stats, it seems like everybody is a go-to. So, you know, it's just pick your poison and, and you got to live with it and make them take, you know, the shots that you want to dictate. And coach, you know, Erin, I know that she's a very hard worker and she's probably been working on her shot a lot, but it's, I think, two games in a row or a, a small stretch here where she's really struggled to, to shoot as well. I mean, are you very confident that she returns tomorrow and hits, hits the shots that she's been hitting all year that's led her to one of the best three-point percentages, especially in the A-10? Yeah, I mean, you, you, she got us here, you go with her. You know, same thing with Abigail. If they go through stretches where they struggle – I still want them taking that next shot. You know, you just it's kind of the same thing we dealt with with Hannah as a freshman. You know, you make three straight, miss ten, take the next shot. So the exact same thing. We want, you know, Aaron and Abigail, they, they're the ones that got us to where we are right now. So definitely I believe in them. And they're both top five in the conference in minutes played as well. And as you get into these stretches where you're playing a game on Wednesday and a game on Sunday or, or whatever it may be, how difficult does that become? Does non-conference prepare you for the kind of minutes that they're playing at this point in time? I think you just have to use your days off wisely. Like this week is our bye week, so we'll give them off two days. And so, and then we'll start to cut practices down and we'll use scout squads so that the wear and tear on them isn't as great. So we'll be smart about making sure how we use them and giving them some breathers. Now, Coach, finally, when you look at this Dayton squad, certainly you're going to their building you're playing in a role where you, you came off a 12-game win streak, as Kenny mentioned earlier. You, you had that loss, and now you've got a couple of wins. You've got it going again. What does your team specifically need to do against the Flyers to come away with what might be the biggest win in your program since you took over? It's going to be match them each mini four-minute timeout. You know, you, you have the TV game, so you have the media timeouts where you're going to get the rest. So we just have to judge every single four minute like a mini game and then get to that last four minutes and be in the hunt to steal it. Coach, why would people watch on TV? 
Yeah. Well, when they have, you know, because your voices are so great, and they don't know you guys are so handsome behind oh, the voices, okay. oh. you know, but they, I'm just saying, I would definitely listen to you guys, you know, because you guys know it, you guys bring it, you guys are it. So okay. turn on ESPNU, turn it down, yes, turn up exactly. WFUV. Is that Absolutely. fair? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> great way to put it. Great All right. Well, well, you got my sister, Courtney. She lives and breathes for you guys. So she's going to be absolutely listening over in London because she lives and breathes. She tells me all the time what a terrific job you guys are doing. So, Courtney over there, these guys love you too. And I'm trying to think 3.30 in the afternoon. Does that make it worse for her or better for her than a 1 o'clock start usually would? Up? I don't know. Well, no, it will be 9.30 over there. At and night, no. yeah, so, so it's six again. hours later. So, yeah, she'll be ready. She'll have a glass of wine ready to go. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I, right. I totally guessed, by the way. I, 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 <laughs> you went the opposite way. <laughs> well, Coach, thank you so much for your time. For Kenny Ducey, I'm Mike Watson. For Coach Stephanie Gately, her entire staff, certainly a good game coming up here, 3.30 on WFUVsports.org. We'll be on with the one-on-one -on -one pregame report at 320. And of course, Fordham women's basketball is back at it next weekend against the Minute Women of the University of Massachusetts. That's a 2 o'clock tip on January 25th. So make sure you keep your eyes open for that on WFUV Sports Network. For all of us here in Dayton and for our entire WFUV Sports crew, have a good night.